It's the Score North Twin Show. All right, welcome in to the Score North Twin Show here, where we just want the Twins to win their first playoff game in 18 tries. In fact, maybe I think we can do a deeper dive on that on the State of the Twins Monday episode. Just sort Oops. of let's let's go into some of it. Let's exercise it as we've been all all week here. I watched a huge chunk this morning before we did our Purple Daily live stream and our twin show here. It's like an hour and a half documentary about the 0-18 streak, and it's incredible. A lot of, in fact, that's that's where we're going to start here. Feedback Friday, place for you guys to hit us up in the YouTube comment section, Score North YouTube channel, the feedback tab, and the Score North app. We will be live for Twins Ventline on the Score North YouTube channel after every. Twins playoff game, so be sure to uh, to subscribe there. But a bunch of people, I would say the biggest chunk of feedback is people telling us you got to see this documentary on YouTube about the Twins' zero and eighteen streak. I tweeted out the link; you can find it just at Phil Mackey. I sent it out this morning if you want to watch it, mm-hmm. dude. It is like <laughs> he did the math on this at the end. He took the highest win probability the Twins had in all of these playoff games. So, like, if they had a, you know, Torrey Hunter hits a home run, the first game of the streak was Twins took a lead in the, whatever, the 12th inning or whatever it was, 10th inning, I can't remember what it was. Torrey Hunter hits a home run, and now you got the lead, right? You know, you have a, an 80% chance to win that game. He took the, the peak win probability of each Twins playoff game, mm-hmm. and he did the math on the likelihood that you would lose all 18, and the odds are 69 billion to 1 that they would go 0-18 in those games. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I love that Kyle Farmer and some of these other guys are calling it out because I was thinking about this. All of these Twins teams, even the front office, you know, Dave St. Peter kind of acknowledged it with his Slay of the Dragon deal, but if you ignore it or you say, oh, it's not, it's 20 years of history and we have nothing to do with it. The fans do, though. You're disregarding how fans feel when you dismiss the 0-18. So I kind of love that Farmer, Ryan Jeffers a little bit. Like, there's some guys who are lean lean into it, own it on behalf of the fans, even if you weren't playing in 2006 or whatever, and take pride in snapping this ridiculous streak. They were talking on the telecast um, when Pablo Lopez started a couple days ago that Pablo also acknowledged it, said he had read about it when he was traded for from the Marlins. And so, yeah. But, I mean, the next step now is go out there and – own it and destroy it. You know what? That's the next step. Go out there and win a baseball game, score, you know, score seven runs, uh, get a good performance. Don't have Baldelli overthink things. So like that's, I, I want to see, I want to see the twins in game one, just take control of a game and, and they might not win by five, but take control. Feel like there, there has been a feeling I think basically since 2019, at least when when this group, when this current group and uh, executive group got to, to the playoffs, where it's all where it's felt far too often, like they're sort of afraid to be there. Yeah. The moment gets too big, and and this is not just a player thing. Just to be very very clear, this is also a decision making thing. So go out there and just bleep and destroy it. You're going to be at home. You're going to be comfortable. Like, this is not, you know, you're not going to the Bronx. You're not anywhere near the Bronx. Well, The Yankees aren't even in the playoffs. Um, Just take the damn streak by the throat and choke the life from it. That's what I want. Wow. 
break break his down. Break his down. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Break his yeah, that, neck. That's what I. But that's what I want, right? <laughs> I agree. Like, like that's Just, what I want. Yes. Yes. It's yes. So we'll, we'll we'll do more on that on Monday and just kind of go through, tell some stories about I've covered and have been at most of the games in the streak. Uh, but let's like this can be kind of our lead here, I guess, on uh, Feedback Friday from Charles Raymond. As the foremost authority on all things twins, you guys, I'm just curious as if you could be so kind as to humor me by answering the following two-part question. The top three reasons why the Twins will advance in the playoffs and the top three reasons why the Twins will not advance. Let's start with the, like, why will they advance? Why will, uh, they will advance because um, Royce Lewis plays. And because of that, they get only if, only if. Um, I have real reservations if he does if he does not play. I have real reservations. He creates um, a calmness that you can't legislate. Like like I can't, you can't say, um, I'm Carlos Correa, so everybody calm down. Royce Lewis has just a weird it factor. So that's my my top one is he needs to play for me to be confident, and I think for them to advance i think if you're going i i think if you're going to choke the life from this thing royce lewis plays an instrumental role they they'll advance because their top two starters i think are very competitive and good like it's been a while since i've had this much confidence in your top the top the two guys who could lead you to a series sweep are in place like it's not like jorge lopez starts but then let's get the dabber going in game two you know that's gone and so that's my that's my second one. And my third one is that they will advance because, you know, again, assuming Royce could play, this team's, you know, since the All-Star break, heated up a lot. And they are, they can score runs. And as we've talked about before, their biggest problem in this streak has not been their pitching, although that's come up. It's been their ability to score runs. So those are my top three things about why I think the Twins can advance. But Royce Lewis to me is incredibly important. What about you, Dex? Give me three reasons why they're going to advance. Uh, they're starting pitching. Their top horses are as good as it's ever been entering a playoff series in my lifetime, which uh, is pretty bizarre to say because they've had a lot of playoff teams and they've had Johan Santana, but they've never had the guy behind him. They've never had someone behind uh, your staff ace. I mean, even in 2010, I mean, it was what, Lariano into Pavano. Um, it, they just haven't had as two of good starters that are probably going to get Cy Young votes this year in Sonny Gray and Pablo Lopez. So that's number one for me. Uh, number two, again, assuming he is healthy, but Carlos Correa, as much as he has, you know, struggled offensively this season, he is legitimately one of the best postseason hitters of all time. Yeah. He has played in the playoffs just about every single season outside of last year. And I believe maybe his rookie year. And I think he might've even made it when he won rookie of the year. Regardless, a ton of postseason home runs, ton of postseason experience, won a World Series. Um, that type of calmness, that type of person in the middle of that lineup is great. And it kind of dovetails into my third thing, which is you have a young core here, and we've made some, we've kind of not mocked this, but we've never really have given enough validity, but the rookies and the young players and Lewis and Kirloff and Julian and Walner, you have all these new guys in the lineup that haven't been to the playoffs before, but at the same time have delivered some huge clutch hits and have nothing to do with the past playoff failures. 
and it reminds me of you know this young core reminds me of the core that came up in 2001 and then in 2002 they did go to the alcs and hopefully then it extends not just like the last uh iteration but i think those three reasons to me are, are the biggest reasons why they can probably make a run yeah i'm, I'm gonna echo some of these points but reason number one is the starting pitching you're gonna get in theory the best most competitive starting pitchers on paper that you've run out in a playoff series. I know Johan Santana is the best pitcher they've had in the last 20 years, but he was largely followed by guys that didn't quite belong. There was one year where Carl Pavano was their number one starter. And then kind of like a diet version of Francisco Liriano 2010, then Brian Dunsing, you're running out legitimate Cy Young steam pitchers. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to run out either Joe Ryan or Kent Maeda in a game three. I would say reason number two, well, reason number two is the lineup. This lineup, even without Royce Lewis, this lineup is one of the five or six best since the All-Star break. So Royce Lewis makes a big difference, but even if he's not there, they've shown they can score some runs. But the sneaky third reason for me is the bullpen that we've questioned the whole season. Louis Varland, since taking on the bullpen role, has been dominant the last few weeks. I get it. You're playing some weaker competition in September. It's a little bit different when you face some of these, like the Blue Jays lineup or the Astros lineup, but you've got some guys in here now. If, you know, Brock Stewart, if he's going to be part of this thing, your your bullpen might go from a huge question three or four weeks ago to having in Maeda to having mm-hmm. multiple guys who can get big outs in these games. Mm-hmm. So, all right, on the flip side, three reasons why they would not advance. What are you most worried about? Um, the First one is Rocco and like they're over preparing for things that uh, for games that really take snap decisions that are great because when, when you get into playoff baseball, every little thing matters. I would argue in the regular season, of course, because things aren't magnified constantly. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. So a, a Rocco misstep in the regular season or, or hell, let's not just blame him. A Falvey Rocco Thad decision at 1030 in the morning that gets screwed up in the regular season might cost you a game. It might hurt you, but it doesn't become magnified ordinarily in the playoffs. Things do. So if you've decided Pablo Lopez, the third time through, we're getting him out and Rocco and and he's pitching good. And Rocco doesn't say, you know what? No, no, we're not. Uh, That's my biggest concern because flat out we've seen that. I mean, in 2020, again, we saw that. Mm -hmm. Um, You you hurt yourself a lot potentially through pitching moves. Um, My second one is potentially okay because I'm not. I I agree he he should start game three and he's going to. My second one a little bit Joe Ryan because he's been up and down a bit. That's a that's a deciding game now, and I am not for. I'm not suggesting that you hold on to Gray or Pablo like you did Odorizzi in 2019. So this is not a blame game. This is just a question. Joe Ryan, that third game, I actually have confidence there, but I could see that going awry, Mm -hmm. um, creating some problems. And then the question is, when do you get him out of that game? And the other one is this. Um, Because, again, things are magnified in the playoffs. So this is, this is going to seem like a small knit, but if Royce Lewis can't play, which obviously would be a huge, huge deal in my opinion, who's playing third base because Polanco, cause I I'm with you, Phil. I think the bullpen has become a strength. 
Now, that does not mean that they're going to be infallible, but I think that they actually have become a strength. Um, but the third base thing scares me because if you if you say and, and, and here's so here's where I'll tie this whole thing together in a bow. And I, I saw I, and I believe it was an excuse exclusive in today's Star Tribune. Lavelle E. Neal sat down with Buxton and Buxton is now making a hardcore pitch to be on the playoff roster. OK, so yeah, let's say yeah. let's let's say you get to gate and, and this scares me. Let's say you get to game one. If Buxton's on the playoff roster, there's going to be a large temptation to DH him. So let's say now you say to yourself, okay, cool. Julian plays second. Polanco plays third if Royce can't play. Stuff like that that costs you games because, you know, ground ball, let's say the bottom of the seventh, man on second. Ground ball to third. Polanco, who I think is a very serviceable to good second baseman, Mm -hmm. but definitely throws like a second baseman heaves the ball away now that run scores i'm just saying things like that this whole buxton thing really scares me because i know he wants to play badly and i understand his frustration um i see more bad than good that can come from him being active mm-hmm. okay well, all right three things that you're a little, little nervous about deck yeah just the i guess inexperienced not inexperienced but the bullpen getting in its own way rocco getting in the bullpen in its own way putting in pagan in situations you shouldn't be putting pagan in um i have made my stance on griffin jacks very clear that he has lost 10 games um you have some bullpen guys that even though it's intriguing but it's more of a thought unknown like because you haven't seen chris paddock and louis varland and a lot of these guys get extended bullpen innings so i'm intrigued by it but you for sure can get burned in a three-game series and honestly it just takes one game in the best of three in the wild card round to get burned from that. Um, number two for me would just be you get bested by better managers, better situations. Um, you know, you have Dusty Baker, who is a really good manager, and you have Justin Verlander potentially you got to go up against. Like, yeah, you're going to face good teams regardless in the playoffs. I get that. Um, but those teams can also obviously burn you pretty good. And then the third one would be health. Yeah, just, just if Lewis and Correa even, if there's a setback, and in general, man, like when you've played 162 games at this point, no one is healthy. No one, no one is feeling as good as they did on opening day by any means. So losing another player that we're not even thinking of to a random foul ball off the shin on a cold day in, in October, right? Like that would be classic Minnesota sports that someone fouls a ball off their shin and, and then he's out for the rest of the series. So injuries would no. be third on, on that one for me. I think the, man, I, I'm, you can throw all this back, my optimism the last three weeks back in my face here, but. I really, really like this team and the way they're set up for the playoffs. And I've been saying it since before the all-star break that, that it, once you condense this thing and you, and you get away from like the back end of your rotation and, and a lot of it is health. I think, I think injuries, here's my hot take, I guess. Injuries are the, are the only thing I am really nervous about until you play the Braves or something where it's just like their roster is so absurd and ridiculous. Are there some relievers that make me a little nervous? Of course, but you know, you can you can go pretty far down the list of guys that you would trust largely. Like I know that Duran guys are gonna give up some runs once in a while, but like I trust Duran. I trust Louis Varland right now. I trust playoff Maeda. Like there's a lot of guys I trust to get outs in big playoff games. There's a lot of guys I trust to get on base in this lineup. So unless injuries prevent Correa and Royce Lewis from being participants, I feel really good about this team. Going into the postseason, we'll see. You got you guys can all laugh and ridicule in You're a week. Making me nervous. The season's over. I'm not cocky about it. 
I'm not like thumping the table here. I'm just saying I feel really good relative to other Twins playoff teams about this collection. And this might sound crazy, but what you just said is why the Buxton factor concerns me. I feel really good about what they have done without him. Okay. Really good. I'm very concerned. No, I know. No. We know, Judd. Like, what, what, what can you add? I think we know where you stand. You don't want Byron Buxton on but the But I'm roster. saying that your enthusiasm towards th- this team gets altered if they change the team. My enthusiasm doesn't derail if Buxton's on the roster. Mm, okay. You think, okay, you really think that Buxton is a derailment for this team if he's on the roster? I think he creates a temptation to use him in places that could bite you in the ass. Yes. Okay, but he could also I think hit if a they three-run homer in a key spot. And, and I'm not willing to take the trade-off. I think there's a better chance that they will use him as at DH, try it, or or in center field, and they will tempt fate. And I think where they've landed right now, especially if Royce Lewis plays, is a very good place. Yeah. So paint a picture for you here. It's it's game three. You're down a run. It's the bottom of the eighth. There is a runner at second base, okay? And you pinch hit Byron Buxton. Will you question you for, I don't know, Michael A. Taylor? I don't know. Pick pick a player. Christian Vasquez. Christian Vasquez. I don't think he'll sniff the playoffs. But, yes, Christian Vasquez, someone that that had to be subbed in there because of pinch running and roster Oh, if you pinch hit him? No, that's fine. I don't trust these guys. I, I think they'll try and start him. If they start him in center field... That's a huge mistake, I think. Because then it's like, oh, my knee gets sore in the but second if, inning, and now we have to shake things up. But if you DH him and you start Polanco at third and Julian at second, you weaken two positions. Yeah, I I know. But let's just see. Like, I'm I'm pro Buxton on the roster. I I don't necessarily know how this shakes out unless, until we know what the roster looks like. So, yeah, I'd rather well, Julian be the DH and have Royce Lewis at third and... I like we'll to see. give Rocco as few options as possible to screw things up. <laughs> that's uh, my that's my goal in life. All right, Jason Truax says stat nerds unite. Oh, he's the, okay. Jason's uh, pointing us to the uh, so it's Chris Han- uh, Hanel, I believe it's pronounced, produced the documentary about mm. the zero and eighteen. And Jason says trigger warning: it reviews each game of the eighteen game losing streak and quantifies the rarity of the incredible heartbreak. It even compares it to other streaks in baseball, like the 22 straight wins of the Indians and the Moneyball A's, and you can see it. So just another recommendation, weekend watching for you guys. Ross Charbonneau says, how come Patrick Royce was never asked to do Around the Horn? He would be perfectly hilarious for that show. He seems to have relationships with Bob Ryan, Woody Page, and all those guys. Is it because our market's not relevant enough? Why wouldn't? Why wasn't Pat ever on ESPN to do Around the Horn? <laughs> Could you imagine? It's funny when that show started, when, when, when they started that show with Kellerman, because Max was the original host, um, there was a, there was a columnist from the Los Angeles times, TJ Simers, who was absolutely hilarious, but they fired him quickly because he ripped the show in print, I think. Okay. Um, and so I think they're, I, I, I don't know that Woody and Pat are buddies, but I think that their, their character columnist at that time, for sure, was Paige. Okay. Who had done yeah. cold pizza, of course. Yeah. Like on ESPN, too. Pat would, I don't know, man. Pat does not color inside the lines enough to be on a 30-minute TV well, show like that. 
So. And they give these guys like preparation packets. You, yeah. you think Pat Royce is going to read a no. preparation pack packet? No. So when Tony throws him a topic, he's going to start <laughs> citing chapter and verse. Yeah. Tony ah. would, Tony would, or Royce would lead the lead the around the horn panel league and being muted from Tony because he would just continue <laughs> to go love Pat, but that's what would happen. Yeah, oh, you're not wrong. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Brad Christensen, what do you think the offseason plan is for the Twins in regards to Sonny Gray? I believe he's going to be a free agent. Do you think the Twins will look? Let's say Gray wins the playoff game that breaks the streak. He's lights out. If they they try to resign him if he wants to keep playing. I think they'll try it. I don't think he's. I think he's going to with the season that he just had. I think he's going to get a lot from somebody, and I don't think it's the Twins. Um, and I, I don't. I still don't know if Sonny Gray necessarily. I think he likes his teammates. I don't think he necessarily agrees with how the organizational philosophy of pitching works. So yeah. I don't. I don't think he comes back. You know what's weird? He had those cryptic comments the All Star break that like he's kind of checked out a little bit of baseball and accolades and the grind and all that stuff. This sounds bizarre, so just bear with me. If the Twins win a World Series, Sonny Gray retires. I yeah. wouldn't be shocked at all if he walked away from baseball after that. that. He, it's the one thing he's said he's been chasing. He's had a solid career. Um, wouldn't shock me at all if he hung it up at the, if he won a World Series with the Twins. If the Twins win, win the World Series, they all should retire. The entire team should just Royce call, Lewis. Just call it a career. We just won a World Series. See you later. So here, but but here, here's the question with Gray. I do think he'll get paid. I want to know wh- where he goes though, because he did the Yankees thing and it blew up in his face. Like he was not meant clearly for that market. So I am curious, like like do- like a Dodger, Bravos, Atlanta, like a Giants. Atlanta's a good one. Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. I that's mean, a good one. But the Twins have to figure out. Like at some point, they have to figure out who is the rotation next year? If it's not Sonny Gray, I mean, Pablo Lopez. Yes. Paddock. I guess Bailey Ober. So Paddock's going to be in it. Might has gone. Well, Malley's a free. Malley's a free. Gray, Malley, probably all gone. Yeah. So it's, so it's Pablo Lopez. Joe Ryan. I, I mean, okay. What's that? Yeah. yeah Pablo, Ryan. it's Pablo, Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan. Yep. And then Paddock would kind of slide in for Sonny Gray. But that's probably, a downgrade. And Varland probably is a back end guy. Dude, I keep him in the eighth, man. Yeah. If he's Unless still on Hondo. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, but he supposedly wants to start. So that's fine. So does so Josh Hader did too back in the day. Mm-hmm. I want to start. That's fine. You're just going to throw 101 out of the bullpen and go to the Hall of Fame. That's great. Uh, and then Razorbacks one says continued disrespect for Bailey Ober on your show. It's true. Five shutout innings earlier this week, eight strikeouts. He needs to be on the roster in the playoffs. He can pitch multiple innings. Phil loves the fact that Paddock throws upper nineties, but overlooks I got, the productivity. I got torched for that comment, and I I, I know that uh, Dex clipped it and uh, stuck it on Twitter, and it became fodder. But I got killed for saying that, you know. And I I didn't say definitively. I said after Paddock's first outing, in which his first inning of work was great and his second was a bit shaky, that I wasn't sure if I would just make him a slam dunk to be on my playoff roster. And the reason why I said that was. If you choose between Ober and Paddock, I don't think it's this really simple choice. I mean, Bailey Ober does intrigue me, so it, I'm not going to put him down. It might be decided in advance, though, because I think Ober is slotted to start Sunday's game against the Rockies. Okay. Because they need they need guys to pitch on Sunday, right? Sure. So if, mm-hmm. if he's going to start the game on Sunday, which right now, according to the ESPN pitching matchups, Bailey Ober is slated for Sunday. If that happens and he throws even 50 or 60 pitches, he can't pitch 
Tuesday. Okay. So yeah, would you then Wednesday? Maybe pitches Wednesday. He could maybe pitch Wednesday. Maybe. Okay. And my guess so, is Paddock is on the roster. But my point was, I didn't. I didn't mean it to slam Paddock. I just think that that um, the commenter there is correct. And for the life of me, I cannot shockingly remember this person's name. But um, Razorbacks one. Razorbacks one. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Bailey Ober has been has had a very nice nice year and. While I'm not in love with him, I do think he does deserve respect for what he's done. Yeah, uh, I'm going to put eight minutes on the clock here in just a moment so we can have some parameters for the Immaculate Grid Challenge today after Judd talks about how you guys can lose some weight and maybe get in the best shape of your life this fall. That comes from our friends, of course, at Livia Weight Control Centers, voted three consecutive years the best weight loss program in the entire state. If you're watching this on YouTube, look at the guy on the left, look at the guy on the right. Yeah, that's right. They're both sports dad. What's the difference? 40 pounds down there. Uh, lost 40 pounds a couple of years ago and have heard from so many of you who have joined this program, who have seen both inside and outside the state that Livia works. It's a lifestyle change, but it's a simple one. It doesn't mean that, that you can't enjoy game day. It's not a strict diet. What it is, is the dietitians and nutritionists are going to help you lose the weight. And then most importantly, they're going to help you keep the weight off. And guys, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to feel so good as the weight comes off and then stays off. All those clothes that don't fit now, guys, they're going to fit. And here is the offer right now. If you contact them, three months, not one, not two, but three months for free. That's right. Three months free. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia.com. L-I-V-E-A.com. If you try it, of course, um, Send me your stories on Twitter at Jay Zolgad. I always love to see the success that the uh, Score North community has on Livia, Livia.com. All right, it's time for the Immaculate Grid Challenge here on the Score North Twin Show. Ooh. Okay. Interesting. Expose on the grid. So we're looking to go. We had a great performance yesterday. One of our, we dodged a burp live in pothole thanks to Declan. And what was our score, like 35 or 40 or something? It did. We, we took 20 minutes, but yes, it did. It did. <laughs> it did take 20 minutes. The eight minutes on the clock is mostly just a, a yield sign. So here's what we're looking at. We're looking to go nine for nine, first and foremost. And then beyond that, if we can chase a rarity score with obscure players, that's great. We're looking for a Washington National or Montreal Expo who was a guardian, an Expo Nat who was an Astro, and an Expo Nat who was an All-Star. Then we're looking for a brewer who was a guardian, a brewer who was an Astro, and a brewer who was an all-star. And then we're looking for a Met who was a guardian, a Met who was an Astro, and a Met who was an all-star. Eight minutes on the clock. Here we go. All right. As far as the brewer and guardian, who else was involved, Declan, in the CC Sabathia trade? Because that, that was with the Brewers, right? Matt Laporta was, but I don't know that he... Remember that guy? Failed prospect? I there don't like, know that he played. And he was the top prospect, teams. but there were other guys that uh, definitely played. Alcides Matt. Escobar. But I don't think he played for Cleveland. Matt okay. They Gamble? were all prospects. Mel Gamble was a homegrown Brewers guy. The CC I think trade. it was all prospects, wasn't it? I don't think those guys surfaced before Who, who that was trade. the center? Who was... Um, no, no, you're right. Yeah. Uh, how about this, though, for a national all-star, Matt Caps? Sure. 
Matt Capps made an all-star game with the Nets, huh? I trust mm-hmm. that. I trust he, I think that he made the all-star game, and then he got traded to the Twins the same year. Uh, okay. Matt Capps. Okay. I trust him. A lot okay. of trust. Matty Capps. Point, point nice. two. Point two. Percent. Uh, wow. Met, wow. met an, an Astro. Nice work, Dex. Met an Astro. Rusty Staub. Love that one. Legrand Orange. A-U-B, right? Yeah, very good. Rusty Staub. I think he played the for Rust the Colts. The Rust Master. I think he played the for Rust the Colts. The Rust Belt, 1%. 1%. Uh, LaTroy Hawkins works for Astro Brewer. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. He's a great, great guy. The Hawk. He's great on the guys cutting it up. Oh, man. We're on a Night- oh, here, oh, oh, boy. 1%. I'm trying to think. I'm I'm in Twins mode right now. I'm just trying to think of <sighs> Expos. Um, did Tyler Clippard play? For, he played for the Nats. Did he play for the Guardians? I think he did. Actually, did. I think he did. Pretty sure he did. Yep. I'm gonna write that name down. Let's yep. just hold I'm, it. Let's okay. just hold I'm it almost. For a po- I'm almost positive he did. Uh huh. It's a good one. All right. So. <clears throat> okay, <sighs> Brewers. Well, there's some all-star ones here too. I mean, the obvious all-stars for the but but that's the thing. Every team has an all-star every year. So like like Ben Sheets might be did Ooh. Ben Sheets make an all-star game with the Brewers? Uh I was gonna give you a Jeff Ricky, Jenkins. I was gonna give you a Ricky Weeks. Ricky Weeks. Yeah. Horrible fielder. Jeremy Burnitz. <laughs> I love Jeff Jenkins. Cause, cause Jeff Jenkins for Jeff sure Jenkins. was an all-star. He looks he just like Brett Favre. Looks like Brett Favre, yeah. They had Brett Favre and then Bizarro Brett Favre. Uh, G, uh, G, right? G-E-O-F, right? Yeah. Or, or something like that. Jeff yep. Jenkins. Jeff Thanks. Jenkins. Yeah, you got it. Come on, be less than that's 10. That's going to be whip low. Point eight percent let's Dude, go! Not let's less than go. 10. Not less than 10. Jeff uh, Jenkins. Ari Dickey? He, yes. It, it's All-Star? A, is there a more obscure one? Because didn't R.A. Dickey win a Cy Young Award with the Mets? Oh, yeah, but, like, he's – when I or think the Mets, Jays. I think the recent guys, and I think, like, David Wright, Jose Reyes. I guess New York's a big enough market that people probably try to pull this one, pull a fast Who was a lousy – who was who a lousy – I mean, the Mets have had some terrible teams that had to have all-stars. Well, think back to the – 80s? Early 90s, they were pretty atrocious, weren't they? Early 80s, they were awful. Before I think they of got like the uh, like the pre David Wright Jose Reyes teams. Well, uh, Ray Ordonez might have been like one of those defensive wizard all stars. <laughs> Carlos Delgado. That. Might still be high. Al Leiter. Del- Delgado played a handful of years with the Mets for sure, and was he had a couple like really good years with the Mets after he left the Blue Jays. George that might Foster, be a good one, dude. George Foster would make the All Star game with the Mets. What Del Del Carlos Delgado? Okay, Declan brought him up. He sure. definitely, he definitely had a few good seasons with the Mets. I don't know if he was an All Star, but I would assume he was. All right, let's try let's do it. it. Oh, ah! Now I got to look him up. Carlos Delgado. I feel good about myself because I didn't do that. <sighs> Carlos Delgado, dude. How? Blue oh, Blue come Jails. on, dude. Carlos Delgado spent four years with the Mets. 
finished with MVP votes in two of the seasons. But never made it all He had 38 bombs, 114 RBIs in one of the years. 38 bombs, 115 RBIs, and didn't make the All-Star game? What? Come on. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep All right, throw him that out, Judd, that made the All-Star game. Actually, let's go back to back to teams. Okay. Because I hate the Mickey Tellington. Didn't that. he play for the Mets? Um, Dex, I, I, Dex, I like your guards. Um, I like your Tyler Clippard one. I, I'm almost positive that's correct. This is. It's okay. Let's just keep two percent. Nice job. Mickey, Mickey, Mickey Tellington did not play for the Mets. I just looked him up too. Now I'm no, cheating. Great batting stance, though. Great. <laughs> Do you remember the stance? Yeah, you held great, the bat back like this. Great batting stance, yeah. Um, Houston and Montreal. Houston. And Montreal or Washington. Boy. I don't know. I'm, I'm shook. I'm shook that Carlos Delgado had 38 home runs two different seasons with 114 ribs and got MVP votes that's, and somehow wasn't an all-star that's with BS. the Mets in a New York market. That's BS. Jim wow. Palmer finished two strikeouts shy of 200. <laughs> that's true. Oh. He did. He did. Um, well, I mean, CC Sabathia is the obvious answer with Guardians and Brewers, um, right? It's like the, yeah. the, the biggest one probably. Yeah. I think John Axford went to the Guardians after the Brewers. This funny little mustache. Good closer for the Brewers. Okay. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think he pitched for the Guardos maybe even in the pandemic season. Okay. Yeah, one. God, this would have. Wow. This is a, a lot good, of. It's a good grid here, man. This is a really good grid. Mets and Guardians, the Francisco uh, Lindor trade. Who else was involved in that? The shortstop that's now with the Dodgers. Rosario, Ahmad Rosario was involved in that. Any questions? It's so recent that I feel like. Um, oh, you know and, what? Uh, Carlos Baerga. Oh, good one, Phil. Right? Yes. Carlos Baerga. That's right. There you go. Good second base. Yeah, 5%. 5% that's percent. good. Look at that mustache on Carlos Baerga. There's a hell of a second. He, Knobloch, Robbie Alomar. Yeah. In the 90s? Whoa. We got one guess left, and I'm guessing finding an all-star Met would probably be our our best here. Uh, George be, Foster? George Foster? Okay. Try George Foster. What was the – who's the first baseman guy, too, that – you can do George Foster. It's fine. The broadcast guy. He did not. Oh, wow. George Foster did not. No. Wow. I, wow. I don't feel bad now, though. It was, it was already off the table. Who, who's the first baseman? Uh, sorry, the, John uh, Keith. Uh, what's his Hernandez? Name? Yeah, yep. Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso was the top answer. Okay, George Foster was an MVP and an All Star several times. Several times All Star with the Reds. Okay. Had some good seasons with the Mets, including a twenty-eight homer, ninety rib season in the but early eighties. But, did but didn't make the All Star game. All right, well, all right. Oh, we had. Oh, we had it. We had it. Well, eh. unfortunately. We sort of did. We sort of did. Now we have to stew on this over the weekend, and we'll do it again on Monday. Oh, and here. tomorrow's a terrible one. Tomorrow's there where they get really cute. I love when they get cute. I'm excited. I might even just maybe I'll just jump on. You know what? Don't still, jump on the YouTube out channel of the alone here. Leave, leave me out of the group thread tomorrow. Right, I don't. I don't. Two percent. 
two percent. Damn it! Damn it! Mm. Yeah, I don't want to see the. I, I don't want to see how you you guys are conquering the silver slugger, the silver slugger from the Rockies. <laughs> a bunch of BS. Hey, don't forget we will be live Twins Vent Line on the Score North YouTube channel. After the Twins playoff game starting on Tuesday, we'll find out this weekend what time the games are at and all that stuff. And so we're looking forward to it. Maybe we can, uh, I don't know, Judd, are you going to be, you're going to be in the press box probably for those games? Did yeah. You, I, you do I, that or no? I have uh, still wait, um, waiting to see my approval from the uh, Twins. But uh, yeah, assuming I get approved, I will be there. Wow. That's fair. Wow. I got a room for you to do it too. Lunchroom. Downstairs, upstairs, or downstairs? Upstairs, upstairs. Okay, that back lunchroom. Yeah, and then and then maybe what you could do is, as they're about to win their first playoff game in twenty years, if you could, they won't let you do this in the press box because you can't stream a game from the press box. Maybe you walk outside the press box. Yep, and you can be live on the. You can be live as fans are celebrating. We can maybe we'll we'll talk offline and figure out how we can TikTok live. Or uh, like like we'll go live on the YouTube channel and then you'll start. I don't know how to do that. It sounds like a lot of work. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. We'll explain it to you off microphone. See you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. Why are we talking about this show. on the show? <laughs>